0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Plenty to talk about today. Happy Friday, Unfortunately, not front office Friday live traveling right now and just don't have the upload speeds in order to send out a strong enough signal to go live. Uh, That's why I haven't been on the Lakers Nation live show either. So fortunately, you have to get the pre-recorded version of the show, but that'll have to make do for this week. Next week, we can get back to our front office Friday live shows. But, uh, Kate, the NBA finals have started up, so we've got plenty to dig into there I guess that's where we should just start. I, I
2: wanna, sorry to interrupt you. I want to yeah. go one thing, though. We're not doing live today, but we're going to have extra live shows this month yes. and in the next month because we'll have the draft show. I can guarantee, guys, we'll probably be going live every night of the first few nights of free agency, breaking everything down. We like to do that. That That's a uh, late night for our east coast friends uh, a little earlier in the day for our west coast friends but uh so you know you're still going to get plenty of chances to interact with us live and, and all that so just you know can g- g- hang with us for this one week and we, we apologize but we'll, we'll get back to it
1: absolutely absolutely good point there that we are going to have more live shows i can't wait till our, our and it's not that far away our live draft show <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it, draft shows gonna away, this
1: three weeks. It's
2: yeah yeah 20 days or, or yeah, 20 days from, from today, which is crazy. Like, that's just, I, I don't know. I, yeah, man, I, I plowed through, I did um, like, I won't, it was either eight or nine full scouts yesterday of, of guys where I watched games and clips and took a ton of notes on different players and stuff. And I've still got, I have, I now I I went back and added like four more guys. So I, I'm back up to like 44 players that, that I still want to try to uh, spend at least you know an hour or two on if I can. But, you know, it's it's, it's getting tight. Windows are getting a little bit tight here.
1: I feel like I am uh, way, way behind on a school project and that due date is coming up. <laughs> and and uh, last minute panic is going to inspire me <laughs> shortly. But Trevor, one time,
2: you'll appreciate this as a former teacher. One time my mom, ma- I asked my mom on the morning of a project being due if we could go buy a poster board. And she, <laughs> she was ready to kill me. Like She literally was ready to kill me. But I did have, like I had all this stuff ready. I just needed to mount it on a poster board. And she's like, why didn't you tell me? You know, and I was like, I don't know. I forgot. And she's like, forgot. When did you find out? And then she saw like the paper about the project. And I had known like for like a month. So yeah, that did not go well.
1: (laughs) No, I did that once or twice myself, but um, I will, I'm going to hopefully on the plane, really dig into uh, some of our draft prospects here and all that kind of stuff and be ready for draft night. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's talk a little bit about game one. Uh, The nuggets take game one. And uh, so much for rust, you know, they, they were able to, they were able to cruise essentially. It didn't look like, you know, this Nuggets team, what's impressed me the most, this wasn't like a particularly high scoring game or anything, but what's impressed me the most is they've, they've won the big moments. Like every Mm -hmm. time it felt like Miami was about to make a push, Denver would hit a couple of shots and kind of re-secure the the lead and and put a stop to that. And they, and they just continued to do that. They did that against the Lakers. They've been doing it all, all postseason and now they did it against um, Miami And I saw a lot of people that were saying this was Miami's best chance to get a win, right? Denver's rusty. They've been off for a week and a half. Um, Miami, but in my mind, Miami's got to be a little bit tired from having played so recently. So I don't know if that's actually true. I do think Miami probably needs to win one of the first two, which means now they've got to win game two if they're going to have a a chance here. I think if Denver wins game two, Miami's in, in, in some big, big trouble
2: yeah it, it's it's you're in a better place if you're the heat if you go down o2 just because you're going home right that, yeah. that that's always a you know not the end of the world but sure yeah your goal is always get one of those first two uh on the road i think this is one where both teams will come away feeling like they could have played better. I know there's been some stuff made this morning of the free throw discrepancy. Miami only took two free throws all game, and Denver right. took twenty. Uh, it was an extremely fast game. This game was over by ten forty five East Coast time. Um, you know it was it. Was, you know because there were very few fouls. Denver committed eight fouls all game, and Miami only had fifteen. So a you know, very low foul game. And I thought Jimmy Butler put it well when asked about the free throws. He's like, We took way too many jump shots. He's like, We didn't, yeah. we're an aggressive going to the basket. We, you know, we really settled for a lot of jump shots. And and you know, and even on the Denver side, some of that takes you, know, you have to have a little bit of context. Yes, they took 20 free throws. That's not even a lot, by the way. But 12 of them were Nikola Jokic, and they were following him repeatedly inside, often when it was like. Either he got somebody else on a switch or he'd beaten Bam and there was nobody else left. So, you know, Max Struess oh for 10 and 0 for 9 from three, oh, Caleb Martin brutal. one for seven. Uh Celtics fans right now are like shaking their fists saying, you know, game yeah, exactly. Where, where was this for seven games against us? Um, but right, it's uh you know, Miami, I think, can feel like, hey, we'll we'll shoot better. We'll 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 be a little bit better. But I think Denver's gonna probably look at and be like, Yeah, you know, we had some moments sloppiness. It's not like they shot it great either. You know, they were eight for 27 from three. So that that's you know not very good for them considering where they've been at uh, almost all playoffs. But you know, Jokic is just unbelievable, man. 27 uh 10 and 14, you know, just absolutely dominated the game. Didn't even take a shot for at least, I think it might have been the entire first quarter. Yeah. If not,
1: it was, was most passing.
2: of it and he was he just absolutely dominated. Like it's like he's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah. I mean, the attention to detail that you have to have defensively when you're playing Denver is just so so high. You know, there was there was one play where Miami was about to get on a run and it looked like things were going well and then suddenly they um they just dropped the ball into Jokic. Jeff Green makes a back, you know, Duncan Robinson turns his head for half a second and Jeff Green just makes a backdoor cut. He's got the ball. It's a layup. Boom. The Miami run is stopped. And, yeah. and it's just it's so simple. But part of it is I think Denver is just so good. They're making it look easy with the things yeah. that they're doing out there. So and again, like you said, and they, they played particularly that well. It's just it's noticeable how easy things come to them on the offensive end.
2: And they just didn't have any answer early for those uh, Aaron Gordon duck ins either. I mean, he just got rolling right from the beginning. And it was just, it was almost kind of the same thing. It was like a cross screen for him to duck into the post, dump it in. And then, you know, if Bams pulled out away from the paint, they don't have any kind of, you know, interior defense at all. And that's, you know, going to be frustrating as well for, for the Heat. But, you know, if they shoot it a little bit better, maybe Tyler Hero plays in game two. Yeah, but- uh, Roach had that report it sounds like he's getting close that'd be big even if he can only go you know 10 15 minutes and give him 10 points that's that's something you know they, yeah. they need one other guy who can put the ball on the floor create something and put it in the hoop so so we'll, we'll see but I still think this is going to be a good competitive series I don't feel you know like it's over by any means no. I've seen some proclaiming that I still think Denver wins but you know with, with that I don't know that we ever go what was your official pick
1: I had Denver in seven, and that was okay. my optimistic, yeah, hoping for the most basketball possible <laughs> take. I think if I had to put money on it, I'd have Denver in five or six. Sure. But Denver in seven is what I'm what I'm hoping to see happen, and so that's what I'm putting out there as my official prediction, just to try to put it in, into the universe.
2: Shocking that you and I were on the same page for very
1: similar reasons. <laughs> More basketball, please. More basketball, <laughs> yes. and so we can just jump right from basketball, and then hey, it's the draft. Let's go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right into it.
1: Yeah. Um, All right, let's talk. You mentioned your Celtics and my Lakers frustrated. Finally, Denver's had a poor shooting game from three, even though they shot well from the field. But you mentioned your Celtics being frustrated, too, that, you know, suddenly Max Struess and and Caleb Martin are missing shots, which they weren't doing against Boston. But there's been a lot of frustration from from Celtics fans in general. Um, And what tends to happen here is people get frustrated with the coach, right? That, That just that he tends to take a lot of flack just across the board in, in basketball. Um, Joe Missoula though, has gotten a lot, a lot of heat uh, following the, the Celtics uh, loss in game seven. A lot of questions about, you know, his strategies. Is he really ready? Did he lose the locker room? All that sort of stuff. Well, Brad Stevens has come out and said, Joe Missoula will be staying on as the Celtics head coach. Uh, Is that the correct decision? Keith?
2: I think so. I it's, it was. So two things I was, all the way up to they basically, by their own admission, quit in game three against the Heat and got absolutely rocked. When that happened, there was a point where I said if they like just don't no-show for game four and get swept in embarrassing fashion, he's probably getting fired and it's yeah. probably the right decision. Um Fighting back to force a Game 7, and Game 7 didn't go well, but the, I don't know how much of that can be put on Missoula. That, to me, showed something, at least, right? Like he at least was able to galvanize the locker room. And, and some people are going to fire back. It was all Al Horford and Grant Williams and, you know, other players and those kind of things. And I'm sure it was a collective effort by all of them, right? You you, you get down 0-3, you force a Game 7. It's it's not a win, but it's a, it's a you know, minor accomplishment, I guess, is the best way to put that. But mostly with this is when they gave him the full-time job in February uh, and they moved on from Ime Udoka, and then he um got an extension, that's why he's not going anywhere. They weren't going to pay him not to coach. And no one else was going to hire him as a head coach, so there wasn't going to be anything that went on to offset it either. This wasn't like a Monty Williams situation, right? So this right. is one where that's the bigger reason. But I think, you know, the fact that they did fight back, they did force that game seven um, – I think you're probably going to see not only Joe Missoula back. I think there's a chance you're going to see the roster semi sort of run, run it back um, with a lot of the same main guys with some moves around the edges. That's not necessarily the approach I would take, but I I think that's where this may be headed.
1: And some of that could be just managing the cap, right? In terms of just bringing back the roster. I don't, you know, things are going to get a little bit tight for some teams and the Celtics are a team they are going to have to keep an eye on that um, moving forward here. But yeah. I do agree. I think that sometimes just in general and fandom, it's, it's easy to blame the coach, right? It's easy to look at things and say, and I'm not saying that Joe Missoula is blameless here, sure. but it's just very easy to point the finger at the coach and say, Oh my gosh, you know, I don't like player X and he's on the floor. Well, that's the coach's decision. This is the coach's fault. Fire him, get, get rid of this guy. And sometimes we can be a little too quick to pull the trigger on things like this, particularly okay. with a first year head coach. If you feel like there's it's, it's similar in some ways to a player where it can be dangerous to totally write off a player too early. The same thing is true of a, of a head coach. So again, I don't think that the Missoula just didn't make mistakes, but I think that it's probably best to at least give him another season. And you believed in him for a reason when you made him the, the head coach, um, Trust that instinct for at least another season and then and then go from there. Again, they got they did battle back, they got to the Easter Conference Finals. Like for most teams, that's a phenomenal season. Obviously, Boston had title aspirations and rightfully so. But I think it's the correct decision to be patient here and at least see what Joe Missoula can do next season. And then and then go from there. Then maybe you reevaluate after that. But I think it's a bit too soon to just pull the plug because you know what? The grass isn't always greener on the other side.
2: And that's the other thing too, right? It's, I, you know, always counter back with these things of all right, well, then who, who do you replace him with? Right. And then I'm sure this will come Doc. to no uh, small amount of amusement to you. People are like, why not Frank Vogel? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like he was you know, a really good coach and all those kind of things. And I'm not against that. Right. I, I wouldn't, you'll know, be against that at all. I think Frank Vogel is a very good coach. Yep. And I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, he could do really good things with, with this team. I just, you know, it's, It's just not the direction they're going to go right now. Now, one other piece of news with them, Brad Stevens did basically say, he didn't get deep into it, but said, yeah, we're going to have to add some coaches to the staff. It's important that we remember uh, going into this season, you know, obviously he made Oka suspended and then gone right on the mm-hmm. eve of the season. But they also lost Will Hardy, who would have been the coach had he still been on the Celtics staff. Right. Um, he went on. Then Missoula gets elevated. They don't replace him. So now you're down, effectively almost two coaches. Then Damon Stoudemire left in the regular season to take the Georgia Tech job. So now you're down you're your most experienced coach and the only – significant former player Aaron Miles is on the staff and did play in the NBA but not very long but Damon Sodemeyer obviously was in the league forever right so he leaves so now you're left with a you know just a very you know inexperienced from a you know NBA playing experience and just a very small coaching staff and now news has come out that it sounds like they're uh, top remaining three assistant coaches are all going to head to Houston to work for Yumi Udoka because right. that's why they went to Boston in the first place, was to work for him. So it's basically Joe Mazzula, and then there's other guys who will still be there, but there are a bunch of people nobody knows right there they're the the second uh row uh, staffers the video team the player development type people they'll still be around so my guess is probably going to add at least one former head coach to, to the list steven silas seems pretty high on the list uh, he's been around family connections to the celtics obviously his dad um was a long time celtics, so um so yeah, I, I think that's just going to be kind of where this all comes together. And I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Mizzou is on a somewhat short leash next year. And there is yeah. a, you know, all right, hey, if we're still seeing some of the same stuff that we saw in the second half of the regular season and in the playoffs, maybe then they, they look to make a little bit of a move. So, but for now, you know, they're, they're going to run it back with him. As for the roster, the other piece of news that was, kind of came out midseason and this was a big thing in Celtics uh world Peyton Pritchard um midseason to go all the way back he wasn't playing and he was asked about it, and he's like yeah I want to play like and if it's right. not here I, I'd rather go somewhere else and it was a lot of people were like man what what is this guy doing why is he you know, you know, firing off these shots at the team and stuff and it's like because he wants to play like I don't you know I never I, I am way more concerned if a player's like eh, it's fine that I don't play like right that right would be- what, what do we want you on the team for you know so that you know he's just a young guy who was just trying to get his career established had a rotation role lost it because they brought in other guards and didn't get to play and now you know it's been rehashed that he would like a trade you know from the celtics and i think that's pretty well known out there at least in the nba world sure. of you know hey if, if you're looking for a point guard or a backup point guard you know he he you know, he's somebody you can can definitely consider. I think his future will be tied to if they make another move at the guard position or not. Um, and I wrote about this. I think there's a chance maybe Malcolm Brogdon gets moved. You know, we'll see You know what that looks like uh, the, over the summertime. But if not, if they just roll back with most of the same guys, Peyton Pritchard probably gets moved on from you're Probably moving it for like a, a late first rounder or something, you know, basically equivalent to what he was drafted at. And just, you know, you're kind of moving, kicking the can down the road a little bit with that roster spot.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be a surprise, especially if a player wants out. And it's not like, you know, it's a bigger deal if it's, you know, if it's Jason Tatum who says, sure. I want to be, be a yeah. trainer. So it's a lot easier to come up with a move for Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. Um, and his $4 million forward.
2: salary is not going to be a uh, exactly. burden to anyone who would like to acquire him.
1: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's, um, but unfortunately it's the off season and we're still dealing with <laughs> with injury yeah. news. Um, Alexi Pokusevci, Pukusev- which I always butcher his name, but, <laughs> but Poku, It's man, it, this guy could just stay healthy. It's um, it's unfortunate. Only had thirty four games mm-hmm. last year due to injuries, and now here he is with another one. Uh, I haven't seen how long this is going to take. It, keep him out. I mean, reevaluate. Like
2: four to six weeks to be six
1: So, but we know that means not back in four. six, not training again in four weeks. Like exactly. again, it's the off season. It's June. There's plenty of time to recover before the regular season, but not ideal that his offseason workout program is now going to be suspended for however long it takes to, to heal from this injury.
2: Yeah, and like you said, coming off kind of a lost season, right? Only played yeah. the 34 games, as you said. And it is, you know, yeah, this is all lost development time. You're talking now mid-July? That he's kind of back to work He wasn't going to play in summer league anyway He's a fourth year guy Now that that's exceedingly rare When a player like that goes to summer league So that wasn't going to be a thing But um, I don't know where he was As far as national team uh, you know was he going to be a part of things was he going to be in camp for you know his national team or not i don't know about that but it, that's probably all out the window so now we're talking you know you're talking late july early august before he really gets back to it and this is a guy who still is trying to really find himself and establish and why of the injury in in-season injury was so disappointing was he was finally kind of finding his footing in the nba he was shooting yeah. well that he was really playing some some pretty good defense at times um i think the thunder kind of said yeah we're kind of done with messing around with you as a four like we're gonna kind of hey you'll get bullied some inside but we're gonna let you play the five and use your skills that way and he was really starting to figure stuff out and and then you know gets hurt and that kind of all falls apart on him so let's hope brady gets back um for those who don't know the right humor that's this bone up here in your upper arm it's the, yeah. the, the big one up there so that's not a uh you know that that's
1: i don't even know how you oh, yeah you know, i was just i wonder how hurt. he did it
2: yeah i don't yeah i'm not sure like like that seems like like one of those things where it's like he's running in to knock down a door or something and that's yeah. more like a separated shoulder or something but yeah. yeah and it did say it's a small fracture so hopefully it's something that he you know gets recovered from, he's back back out there. And this doesn't an impact training camp in the start of next year. But, you know, now now we're kind of on watch for because this is two two fairly major injuries, uh, you know, in a short period of time. Different injuries, but, you know, just, just something we're going to have to keep an eye on.
1: Well, and contractually, he has one more year on his rookie yep. deal. Um, what is it – what is this for his future? Like, is this kind of a make-or-break season for him? No pun intended there, make-or-break, sure. but, but – <laughs> But what do you where do you think things are at as far as his future goes and what his next contract could look like?
2: Yeah, I it's one of those things. So when I wrote their offseason preview for Spot Track, I was like, he's extension eligible, but at this point it probably have to be so team friendly that if i was him i'd be like i'm good like i can play it out let let it run a restricted free agency right that's the challenge for these guys you know every draft class has a handful of the guys who are no-brainer like max extensions right like like you give it to them and you move on you don't even think about it and then there's a handful of guys who it's like yeah you know they're not max guys but they're still you know 20 million dollar players like one of my favorite examples is like Keldon Johnson of the Spurs with that one, right? Like that's, that's okay. That's the deal. It makes sense. And then you get into, you know, the guys who are more like, like Poku where it's like, man, I I can't give you even 20, you know, but, Taking ten, that seems too light, right? Then, then that right. seems yeah. like because what if he does have a breakout season? Then he's like, man, I'm, you know, now I'm going to be underpaid for the next four years or whatever. So, so yeah, I, I think it's probably, you know, for him, it did it have to be so team friendly that just play it out and see, and then you know, we, we kind of do this dance again next summer when he's a restricted free agent anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. That's probably where we ultimately end up with him, and uh, hopefully heals up and can get ready for next season and be good to go. Because he's he's so intriguing with that size, yeah. um, and to it is
2: like that, yeah, there's some fun stuff. Those with all those guards and wings, man, that I oh, gosh, I love that team. Like they they are so fun. Like it's like just so many, you know, just kind of almost unlimited possibility of what they could become. Oh, yeah. like, I really
1: can't wait the Thunder 100% one of the teams that I'm keeping a close eye on here this off season because they can do any number of super interesting things for this roster and be like a legit playoff team next season. No question. Um, And I'm really curious to see what they do this, uh, this summer here, but uh, Keith, I think that's about everything here for, uh, for Friday. Again, not, not quite as fun of a Friday as our normal live show, but we'll be back to that, that next week. But thank you everybody for hanging in there with us as I'm traveling here. Um, make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA front office show. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And of course, go follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts till next time, everybody have a great weekend and stay safe.